Missouri basketball with a huge game against a resurgent Texas A&M squad. What are the stakes for the NCAA tournament tomorrow? Plus, Dennis Gates and his high school recruiting sure seems like it's about to go up a notch. So let's talk about that and more right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash Locked on today to get started. And of course, Missouri playing Texas A&M tomorrow in a rematch. Of course, the Tigers lost to the Aggies down at Reed Arena on my 40th birthday. In fact, January 11th, just a month ago. And uh, yeah, that wasn't a lot of fun, was it? So I'm not going to give you an entire in-depth scouting report of Texas A&M since most of you in this audience probably watched a good bit of that basketball game. But just to recap, well, Texas A&M's had a pretty bizarre season, I would say, so far here under Buzz Williams. Two terrible losses by the Aggies early in the season, or really not even so much early, just the first half of the season against, as my printer prints very loudly here in the background. Thank you, Melissa, for that. Really appreciate it. But Just back even on December 20th, Texas A&M lost badly to some really underwhelming Wofford and Murray State teams. The Wofford game was the game back on December 20th, but for whatever reason, since the page turned, since the calendar turned to 2023 and into the SEC schedule, well, the Aggies have looked like a different squad for whatever reason. The Aggies, of course, second place right now in the conference at 11-2 and two overall. But you know what? Even though the Aggies are a tough matchup for Missouri, legitimately, they play a slow tempo, and even though they're not a great shooting team, they hit the glass and they get to the free throw line at an elite rate. But at the same time, I think that home whistle, again, the free throws, that's how the Aggies end up getting a lot of their points. Well, not being at Reed Arena and being at Mizzou Arena against a sold-out rally for Ryan Crowd, that's got to help tip the scales toward Mizzou. And, of course, Missouri just shoots the ball better at home, and Missouri shot the ball terribly, of course, in College Station. Also, the Aggies turn it over a lot and are vulnerable to steals. Obviously, that's something that Missouri can potentially take advantage of. So I'm predicting a Missouri victory here tomorrow. I just have a good feeling about it for whatever reason. Again, I talked about the spot that Missouri was coming off of, off the Tennessee game, going to Auburn. I actually feel like this is a pretty decent spot to maybe back Missouri because, again, Coming off a a really disappointing loss, this is a team that's going to want to come back and prove something. I think they realize, as I do, that if the Tigers win this game tomorrow, their place in the NCAA tournament is almost almost certain. It really is. If not certain, let's say 90%. Because the Tigers schedule the rest of the way. You get past Texas A&M, assuming you win that game. Well, now you've got a home game against Mississippi State 
and then three games left against pretty mediocre opponents in Georgia, LSU, and Ole Miss. And if you missed my episode yesterday, I said three and two, Missouri's in without a doubt. If they win three of their last five games, there's no doubt in my mind that they're in the NCAA tournament. Two or fewer? Well, now it starts to get a little dicey. Maybe you need another game or two in the NC or excuse me, in the SEC tournament to secure your spot in the NCAA tournament. But you know what? Let's go back to something for a second. I was talking about how Texas A&M hits the glass and gets to the line at an elite rate. Well, Texas A&M is a good offensive team. Not as good as Missouri, but a really good offensive team nonetheless, despite not being a very good shooting team. Well, that's kind of the thing with Missouri so far. When Missouri gets it going, when they ha- when their shots are going in, it looks beautiful. But when the shots aren't going in, well, suddenly it, it, they don't have much of a plan B, if you will. And I think eventually, th- that sort of gets me to my point here, which is what kind of style of basketball do we think Dennis Gates is going to play going forward here? Well, I think number one, this fast-paced style that Gates has shown this year, I think that's here to stay. I think based on Gates' own words, particularly in The Athletic recently, that C.J. Moore piece this past week, I think playing fast is something Gates wants to do. I think part of it is just getting is just the part of the the shot clock factor. You want to get into your sets faster and prevent the other teams from getting into their sets as quickly as they would like to. I think that's a huge part of it. But is Missouri going to play small ball all the time going forward? Well, that seems unlikely to me, especially when you consider who Gates is recruiting so far. In fact, if you look at next year's class, the three-man class, Anthony Robinson, Jordan Butler, and Trent Pierce, well, those are three four-star guys with varied skill sets. Jordan Butler in particular is definitely at least 6'10". Trent Pierce, a bigger wing for sure, while Anthony Robinson, a smaller point guard type player to be sure. But I don't know, I just think this idea that Dennis Gates is always going to be playing small. Well, have you ever seen Florida State play? They don't play small whatsoever. They have some of the longest guys in college basketball. I think Dennis Gates is going to eventually lean toward that model more. I think this is what he's got this season, so this is the style he's playing offensively and defensively, almost more in particular. Missouri's having to press a lot, take a lot of gambles defensively because, well, there aren't a lot of other options necessarily for this particular Missouri basketball team. Now, I mentioned those three high school guys, Anthony Robinson, Jordan Butler, and Trent Pierce. That is officially Dennis Gates' first high school recruiting class. But for all intents and purposes, Gates, of course, had a recruiting class this past spring at Missouri when he completely overhauled the roster, bringing in several transfers. And you know what? As much as I love DeAndre Golston, Trey Gomillion, and Des Moines Hodge, for instance, those three guys are playing their last season of college basketball here. But I will say the recruiting for Missouri It sure seems like it's about to pick up. I don't have any inside knowledge on who Missouri's going to sign or anything at this point in that 2024 class, but the interest and the offers that Missouri is throwing around and the mutual interest that's coming back in terms of official visitors, well, let's just say 
lest you think Mizzou will be settling for Horizon League transfers from here on out, well, I've got some good news for you. So let's talk about Missouri basketball recruiting a little bit more. But first, I want to tell you, yes, of course, about our friends at FanDuel because it's the midway point of the NBA season, the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if you're First bet does not win. Again, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, easy to use as well. And I got to say, speaking of the NBA, nothing really standing out in terms of futures right now. The only one that really stands out, especially in terms of a long shot, how about the New Orleans Pelicans at 60-1? to Unless Zion Williamson is done for the season, unless Brandon Ingram, there's zero shot that those guys are coming back for a playoff run. Listen, I'm not picking New Orleans to win or anything. 60-1 to just seems like a little bit too long of a shot. But no matter what you think, you've got chances with a big payout, with a same-game parlay, for instance. But, of course, don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash Locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks again for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the brand new Locked On College Basketball, everything you need to know. About college hoops in one place, that's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And speaking of getting stuff, well, it looks like Missouri and Dennis Gates are trying to get some really, really big fish on the end of their fishing line in terms of high school recruits, which I am a big fan of, obviously, especially when it seems realistic that we might get some of these guys. And in fact, over at powermazoo.com, they had a good breakdown of everybody who Missouri is after this morning. And well, I'm not going to give all of that away. Number one, their premium information, although they haven't always been nice to me. So why am I nice to them? That's a good question, but enough said about that. The point is there's been this one kid in particular. His name is Ken Pang. That's Q-I-N Pang. Originally from Shenzhen, China, is now at Christ the King High School in Queens, New York. So a long way from Missouri in a couple different ways. Missouri, obviously, I don't believe has ever had a player from China on its roster or anywhere else from that part of the world. And of course, not a lot of players from New York either. Zaire Taylor, of course, famously from the state of New York. But other than that, not a lot of players from that part of the country either. So maybe a tough get for Missouri. On the other hand, plenty of plenty of places from a lot farther away than Missouri, including the University of Oregon, are after this young man as well. So perhaps being close to quote-unquote home is not exactly a big factor for this young man. Who knows? All I know is he's six foot nine. He's 230 pounds and he can shoot. I'm already in. Anybody who's six foot nine or taller who can shoot the basketball at the college level, I'm generally going to be into you. Let's put it that way. But he's also been described as a good passer and a tenacious defender 
as well. I mentioned Oregon. Well, hey, Kimmy English is after him as well at George Mason. Also, the University of Illinois and Michigan, Rutgers, Seton Hall, St. John's, another Another one of our former friends there, Mike Anderson, and even North Carolina and UCLA have started sniffing around as well. And really my point in bringing up Ken Pang is he's one of several, maybe say four or five star caliber basketball players that Missouri is after right now. And really Pang is probably on the lower end of that. So if Missouri indeed is going to get a three, four person class from among the group of players that Gabe DeArmond was talking about in his Chamber article this morning, well, that's something to be really excited about. And again, just to the point, if you think that this is going to be a transfer type of program each and every year that Frank Haith had just because of the amount of roster that Missouri not only had in Gates' first year, but the previous year as well, if you think this is just the new college basketball, well, at least it looks like Gates is going to try to build the foundation of his program on high school recruiting. And I think that still is the best way to go. Obviously, lots of programs are supplementing their rosters with transfers from all types of different places at this point. So I'm not saying that Gates won't or shouldn't or will not or any of that get into the transfer portal, but I'm just saying each and every year having to rebuild your roster, I think Gates is smart enough to know that that's suboptimal, and you want to have guys with continuity and guys who have been in your program in ideally from the beginning and for three or four years. So again, Dennis Gates, I keep saying this a lot lately, but two thumbs up in recruiting so far too. And by the way, just in case you think I'm overestimating Missouri's chances to make the field of 68 after the beatdown by Auburn this past Tuesday. Well, let's hear from Joe Lenardi himself, probably the most famous bracketologist. He says, quote, barring a complete collapse, they're going to make the tournament, and I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. And not only that, they should be seeded well enough to be no worse than in a 50-50 game in the first round, if not favored. They're... I don't want to say a lock at this point, but you know, they're 90% in. And that is a hugely successful season no matter what happens from this point out. Well, I would have to agree with that, except if Missouri truly did have a complete collapse down the stretch and missed the field at this point. Yeah, beginning of the season, I would have to agree that even if that happened, this season is still a success. But as seasons go along expectations change. So yeah, at this point, if Missouri doesn't make the tournament, I'm going to be disappointed. I'll just go ahead and say that. That doesn't mean that Dennis Gates is a failure or the season is a failure or the future is necessarily any any darker or less bright. But yeah, I, I think I would be disappointed. The good news is I don't think that's going to happen because once again, as I predicted earlier, I think the Tigers are going to take down the Aggies tomorrow and all but an all but write their ticket to the field of 68 once again. So obviously I think things are going quite well for Missouri basketball right now. And you know what? Missouri football is in a tougher spot. I think the Tigers should have a chance to have a, a very solid squad once again next year. But Eli Drinkwitz, fairly or unfairly, and I think it's somewhat fair that his seat is going to be a little bit hot next year. And all of this 
has had some people asking online, yes, I read your people's posts, it's had some people asking, should Missouri put the lion's share of its resources into basketball? Should the Tigers be a, quote, basketball school? Well, I'm going to answer that question and also why I think that question also misses the point a little bit right after these quick words. Well, you know how McDonald's has the golden arches? Well, Mizzou has the golden gates, baby. And I really am a huge believer in this guy so far. Why wouldn't you be through one season? So again, some people are asking the question, should Missouri go all in on hoops and say, and neglect football a little bit because, well, it's going to be a tougher road to hoe. Well, first of all, I do agree with that last premise there. The ceiling for Missouri basketball realistically has to be higher than football. You just don't need as much to have a, a great basketball program in terms of, even in, just in terms of pure revenue and and enrollment, and and all that stuff. Look at Duke football versus Duke basketball, for instance. Heck, look at Gonzaga. They don't even have a team, do they? Do they even have a football team? I don't think that they do. And if they do, I don't know. It's definitely not Division I, and it's been around for four and a half seconds to the point where I wasn't even aware that it existed. For my whole life, I don't believe Gonzaga has a football team. Heck, Kansas has barely had a football program to the point where they're basically hanging banners for having a 6 and 6 season last year. Indeed, remember when that Texas guy, Delos Dodds, remember when he said Texas's worst seasons are Missouri's best seasons? Well, it turns out he should have said that about Kansas football and Missouri football. That's that should have been the comparison there. But here's the thing. Again, I just think that question misses the point. Again, I agree with you all. We should put, for those of you who are basketball fans, yeah, absolutely. If if there are people sniffing around trying to steal Dennis Gates from us at some point, pony up, give him the money because he's the most important person. Just put resources and energy and all that stuff absolutely into the basketball program. But does that mean you have to gut the football program to accomplish that? Can you not do two things at once? Because to me, that premise ignores what is happening in the SEC right now. For years, it was sort of assumed that, well, you know, Alabama and Auburn and, you know, Georgia, whoever, obviously Georgia, not the greatest example right now. They're crushing it in football, not so much in basketball. But my point is even Georgia's trying in basketball. They hired... They hired old what's-his-face from Indiana, Tom Crean, there we go, from Indiana and Marquette. They gave him significant money, and he was a guy that Missouri strongly considered when Conzo Martin was up for the job. I thought he was a good hire by Georgia. It didn't work out, and guess what? They paid him to move on and brought in Mike White from Florida. Again, a real coach. They're trying, and maybe it's turning around for, for Georgia, maybe it's not. More to the point, again, Alabama is freaking number one in basketball right now. So if you're going to tell me that you can't do two things at once, you're crazy. And if anything, that just shows you that if you're Alabama and you're winning at football, I'm not saying Missouri's ever going to be on that level, nor will any program probably ever be on that level again in my lifetime. But it just goes to show you that football 
If you're winning at that, it brings in revenue, and you're going to have so much of it at a certain point. It's like, well, I guess instead of buying yet a new fountain for the locker room for the football team, I guess we can go out and hire a good basketball coach like Nate Oates. Maybe spend some NIL money on that program. Hey, we only really need five guys. See, that's the thing. You can easily be good in both. And in fact, if you're good in football, it actually helps basketball. This is not a zero-sum game. I think that's the, that's the thing that people are mistaking here. When one program wins, it's actually good for the other programs. And in particular, when football wins, well, it's really, really good for all the programs because that's the big cash cow. We all know that. Then it's men's basketball, and then basically there's everything else that doesn't make money. That's the reality of NCAA sports. So this idea that Missouri should go all in on hoops, I agree with you. They should put as much resources and energy and effort as realistically it can into the program, but not at the expense of football. That's the wrong way to look at it, and frankly, I think it's a false choice. Just look around. There aren't teams that are – there are obviously are great teams that don't even have a football program or a viable football program, but at the same time, does it seem like – does it seem like, for instance, that Alabama and Auburn are being hurt by their football programs and the interest in them? I think not. So you know what? As always, thanks for joining me here on Locked on Mizzou. Thanks for making it your first listen and make your second listen Locked on College Basketball wherever you get podcasts, including on YouTube as well. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Locked on Mizzou.